Blog Talk Radio. Well, praise the Lord, and welcome to LiveDeliverance.com, here on BlogTalkRadio.com. My name is Pastor Steve Lee, and I'll be your host for the next hour or so. <clears throat> now, if you're listening to us via the simulcast during the hours of 9 o'clock p.m. and 11 o'clock p.m. here on Monday evenings, we're so glad to have you. If you're listening to us through any other social media platforms or <clears throat> any other times during the week, please contact us here at LiveDeliverance.com and give us the times, dates, locations, or platforms that you're listening to us on. Although we would love to proliferate the airwaves, we must do it legally, ethically, and in righteousness. If you hear any of our content through any other means, it is the result of Internet piracy and copyright infringement. All those who participate in any Internet piracy can be persecuted, prosecuted by federal agents. Having said all that, we can now get to the business kingdom at hand. So go ahead and get some paper and a pen. And if you have any comments or questions about the ministry tonight, when we get to the end of the ministry, we'll give you an opportunity to ask those questions or make those comments. So if you would join me in a word of prayer as we begin to sanctify our time together. Father, I ask you to speak to me so that I can hear. Awaken me the mind of Christ. Open my eyes that I might behold wondrous things out of your word. Breathe on me so that I can speak, that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Flow through me and cause me to move by your spirit, that healing and deliverance break forth in this place, in this time, because of your word, your spirit, and your love. Live big in me. I now decrease so that you can increase. Holy Spirit, glorify Jesus in my life as I now share the living word, the bread of life. Jesus Reveal to us the Father and draw us into his presence, where there is fullness of joy. Heavenly Father, quiet our hearts and minds as we allow the peace of God to rule in our lives. Cause us to grow in the grace that has appeared unto all men as you teach us how we should live in this present world. 
May we now awake to righteousness and slumber no more by walking in the spirit and in the fullness of his grace as we sojourn in the land of promise, going from faith to faith and from glory to glory. For you've made us more than conquerors in this life through Christ Jesus. So speak to our spirits and birth victory in our hearts and in our minds. In Jesus' name, I pray. Well, beloved, uh, last week I heard there was a, a challenge uh, with technically, um, so we're going to try to get through with uh, the supply and flow of your rivers and streams. So if you would, we're going to give you some of the scriptures that you can know that we're going to deal with today. Uh, Psalms 46, <clears throat> uh, verses 4 and 5, will be our foundation scripture, which says, there is a stream. Excuse me, there is a river. The streams thereof make glad the city of God, the holy places, the tabernacles of the Most High God. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. This scripture gives us the understanding that there is what is already set up prior to you getting here. See, because in the verse first of of, of uh, Psalm 46 said, God is our refuge. He is our strength and a very present help in trouble. So then that's something that already exists. This scripture, if you want to enjoy scripture, do me a favor and let the scripture speak instead of you trying to think what it could be saying. God is not wanting you to be ignorant. He's given us the Holy Spirit so that we can enter into the place where he called us, all right? If you try to enter into uh, the place of the calling of God with your intellect, you're probably going to end up frustrated because the, the, the things of man are not going to be able to understand the, the things of the spirit. They, they just go right over your head, if you would, all right? And then since you don't understand and don't know what the scripture says, uh, the processes would be, then you're going to be a frustrated Christian. He said, there is a river, and the streams thereof will make glad the city of God. God is interested in causing your joy to be stirred up. God would not, therefore, try to cause frustration and confusion to be the place where you're living in. All right? If he wants you to enjoy streams that make you glad, then he's not trying to frustrate you. But some people have, have told us, you know, that you never know what God is going to do. Beloved, you can know exactly what God is going to do because he's going to do everything that his word said. And Isaiah 55 says, my word will not return to me void. It will do that which I please. It will prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. What does that mean? There are no accidents. There are no questions in what God is going to do. He wrote it all down. Just for the record, he wrote it all down for you. See, that's what the Bible was here for, so that you can enter into the thoughts of God. You can enter into the heart of God. See? But sometimes we would rather listen at people because we are lazy. That's primarily the reason. Okay? Because God said, I don't want anybody to be ignorant. I would not have brethren. I would not have you to be ignorant. Concerning spiritual things. See, he wants you to be 
plugged in. He wants you to be on fire going higher. He wants you to be settled in the truth. Because the more people look at you and see that you have answers when they only have questions, they'll come to you, and then you'll be able to give them an answer of the reason of hope that's in you. That's the way it's supposed to work, beloved. God is, is wanting you to be able to be a spokesperson for him. I don't know enough scripture. Well, we can fix that. All you have to do, according to First Peter, is study to show yourself approved. Study. Find out what is God doing in the earth. That's the thing that he needs us to be co-laborers with him in, is the thing that he's doing. Amen. See, if God's not doing it, you should not be a part of it. You might as well make that, say that big amen right there. Make that clear and, and, and actually settle in your heart. If God's not doing it, you shouldn't be there. So some of you have uh, been stuck in churches that have not been doing anything but what's on there on the wall, the stuff that they have said, this is what our, our grandparents did, so we're going to do it. No, beloved, he said that he's going to do a new thing in the earth. No, he's not throwing away old landmarks. He's not doing that. But he's doing things um, in, the, in the arena that you live in. Uh, our mothers and grandmothers, especially our grandmothers, they might not have had uh, cars and uh, telephone communication. We have communication so plethora of communication that's so everywhere that 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 your phone, your watch, your come on, we can do the Dick Tracy thing now. Your watch can be a phone and a timepiece. Your watch can set your appointments for you. Your 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 grandmother, great grandmother, they didn't have this knowledge. They didn't have this technology. We do. So the new thing God is going to do is show you how to fit in the grace that's in front of you. Or First Peter chapter 1 says, you should be, learn how to be established in the present truth. See? You don't have to live in just the old truth. You can enjoy the new thing that God is doing. In fact, I'll just say this, that whatever technology is in the earth, God meant it for you first, beloved. Amen. Because he made you the head and not the tail. He made you above and not beneath. See? So he wants you to be able to enjoy uh, the things that his wisdom and his grace has provided for you. He wants you to enjoy that. Why do you think that the, the heathen should get to enjoy, have benefit from the things that God reserved for those that love him? Come on. I have not seen, neither has ear heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of man, the things that God has, past tense, prepared for those that love him. See, he wants to show himself strong in your behalf. He wants us to, to enter into the thing that he's developed for this season. We should be the ones enjoying it. God didn't make those uh, those beautiful um, horses, the Clydesdales, God did not make those horses for Budweiser. Amen. That's what we should be uh, understanding and releasing the glory of those magnificent beasts. That's what we should be doing. But because 
we haven't paid attention to what God was saying, then someone else will. Please know it. There are revelations that are in your life that other people are living out because you won't pay attention to the Spirit of God. There is a river. The streams thereof make glad the city of God. Amen. See, he didn't make uh, he didn't make these rivers and streams so that you would have a trickle. A, a trickle would probably indicate that the connection is really uh, not as solvent as it should be. That that that, that we need to, to to make sure that the uh, things that he has spoken in our lives, that we understand that that joy is what God is stirring up on the inside of us. Beloved, we have got to learn to stop going to God with our complaints. Let me just kind of tell you something here. If you perpetually go to God with your complaints, you didn't hear what he said in Psalms 100. He said, come into his presence with singing. Come before him with gladness. See, we just didn't hear the word. And we want to. Rem- we think God is asleep uh, at the helm, but the Bible tells us that He neither sleeps nor slumbers. So since He's perpetually looking to bless you, we might as well get busy receiving that blessing and giving thanks what we haven't yet put our hands on. You can thank God in advance. Yeah, you can. You can bless Him in advance. You can bless Him because you have seen His word. And since you've seen his word, oh, taste and see if the Lord is good. Did you just get that? Please follow the instructions. He said, taste first, then you will see. When I put the word in my mouth, taste, then what I see is what the word produces in my understanding. See, there is a river. The streams there are. Make glad the people of God, the city of God. See? We've got to begin to process things from a different perspective. I understand that sometimes it looks like things are not going your way. Please hear what I said. I said sometimes it looks like. But we are not those that walk by what we see, are we? We should be those that walk by the word of God. And the word of God once spoken, he said, that word will not return void. It's going to have to prosper in the thing where he sent it. If it's not prospering in the thing where he sent it, you won't see the things that you think you want to see. It hasn't prospered yet. Didn't say you didn't hear it. The word has to prosper in your spirit. When the word is the first thing that you reach for, that would probably be the beginning of the prosperity of God. Because that word is growing bigger in your heart than whatever's coming at you. I say almost all the time, circumstances, the definition for circumstances is things standing against you that are circled around you. Circum. They're standing in front of you to try to keep you from the contact that God has made with your spirit because you're trying to make contact happen with your eyes and your hands. See, he speaks 
spirit to spirit. Your your hands can handle whatever you want to grab. You know, I was a lifeguard. And the first thing that they taught me in that school for the training was that when you go to save someone, always be ready to uh, cause them to let you go because they can drown you because they're so scared. And then I, I, I went and, you know, tried to, to, to see if that was true. And uh, I went to save somebody, and they grabbed me. I mean, it was like a chokehold. And then because they grabbed me with that chokehold, they started taking me down. Okay, I couldn't get free to do what I knew to do. So then what I did is exactly what he told me. Just go back under the water, and they'll let you go because they'll figure, he ain't helping me. And then you back up, and you go, okay, now, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. Then I'm going to do it. If you try to do something I didn't tell you to do, I'm going to let you go, and maybe we'll start this thing all over again. That's what we do when we start drowning in frustrations and fears. We grab anything except God. And that thing that you grab now is going to be a weight that's carrying you down. Did not he tell us to to cast all of our care on him, for he cares for us? So we should not have anything in our thinking or our heart that's not connected to him. See, but sometimes we'll uh, say, you know, well, I don't like this. Well, then if you don't like it, let me ask you a question. Do you think you should let it go or should you just keep holding on to it? Amen. He's wanting you to let go of the things that are not going to profit you and hold on to his word. Hold on to that which is not seen so that you can move in that arena and moving in that arena will make everything in the tangible arena happen. It'll even happen faster if you would practice that. Practice on holding on to his promise. Okay? Because so, God has already made your provision. I'm going to talk about that in just, just a minute here. So remember that this scripture tells us that God is, is, is already sent his word, and the word sent is a word that we can rely on, okay? That word will make you glad. Now, if you can't, if you can't locate the river or if you don't understand the heart of God, if you don't like the promise, then you might begin to, to question whether there, that river is available. But listen to what it said. It said there is a river. He didn't say there will be a river. And so that we get it, uh, it, it clearly, you know, people used to say things like, you know, um, you, you just talk about stuff, the pie in the sky. No, beloved, this is some ham where I am. This is some steak on my plate because the word of God will not return void. As I begin to really meditate on the scripture, meditate on the word. Okay, okay. It, um, there's a difference between meditation and manipulation, okay? Both of those can be handled, if you would. Manipulation is to try to make the word say what I want instead of going to the word and investigating what he already said. If, as God has said, that he will supply all your needs, then you have to come to the place of understanding that your job is not what God is mandated to meet your needs. 
He says, my God will supply my need, not my job will supply my need. And a lot of people, a lot of times, they will protect the job more than they will protect the word. Amen. See, once you begin to cause the word to be precious to you, just like that job in people's mind is precious. They don't want to do anything to upset the, 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 the equilibrium of the job site. You, you didn't want to go to work, but you get up bright and early and go to work anyway. Why? Because you don't want anything to upset that equilibrium. Protect your God that way. Protect his word that way. That you don't want to upset anything that he's already put in motion for you. That's the other thing, beloved. It's already put in motion for you. Everything that you would ever need has already been put in motion for you. How do I know that? Because Jesus uttered these words, it is finished. These are preordained steps that you should walk in. Okay? So then you can walk out of the land of frustration and walk into the land of prosperity, the land of abundance. And I'm not just talking about money. You can have all the money and don't have any peace in your soul. Your money won't buy peace. Amen. All money can do, well, I'll say it this way, all money can do is basically put a down payment on something that you think you want because it doesn't buy you peace. But it can stop you from hearing the, the, the clattering of people's uh, voices because something is missing. But that's just a down payment. You didn't get to the place where the peace passes your understanding. To the place where you don't even have nothing to think about because the peace is active in your life. Amen. I mean, that's what he's calling us to. And because we are wrapping this thing up, we are in the, the last of the last days, we need to practice finding holding on to, walking in that peace. That's what he's looking for. He's given you the ability to live above circumstances because the peace calls you to that place. Amen. See? So then you need to, we need to learn how to practice that because it's going to be some wild and crazy things that's going to come up on the earth. Wild and crazy. Stuff that don't make no sense. I mean, you can see it now where men are thinking that there are more than two species of human beings. God made male and female. That's it. But people want to be something else now. And it's not to their, it's not because they just are stupid. It's because they are that hurt. Amen. The hurt will drive you. Hurt will move you. If you don't think hurt will move you, put your, fin, put your hand over a flame of fire and see if the pain will not move you. Amen. Stuff that's hot, you're going to pull away from it because the pain, the sensation that went along with that fire causes you to say, I need to get away. So people are running away from their pain, and unfortunately, we haven't been there to show them not just to teach them, but to show them that there is a place where the river flows 
and the strings of that place makes glad the city of God. He wants us to invite people in there so that they would know that they don't have to go through the hell they're going through. That there was a word that was sent prior to them even getting in trouble that they can use to get to the place of peace. And we need to show them that. But if you're going to be hollering and screaming because you don't like this or like that, you're not one that displays that peace, are you? So then, ironically, unfortunately, our testimony is not effective in their life. That's basically what it all means. When, when we are supposed to provide answers, the Bible says that we are the pillar and the ground of the truth. The church is. And yet, you can see people in the church world that have not made Jesus Lord, they just use him as a friend. I can't get mad about that, but that's not what he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be Lord and Savior. That's the other part. A lot of people like to just confess he's Lord, but they won't make him Savior. Or the other way around. They, they would like for him to be Savior. Yeah, that's even more real. They like for him to be Savior, but they don't want him to be Lord. Get me out of trouble. Get me out of trouble. Get me free from this. Move me away from that. Oh, please, Lord. Oh, no, 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 no. You're just asking him to be Savior. Because if you do what the Lord says, when you hide his word in your heart, the Bible says you won't sin. You won't sin against him. And the word sin there is not just the good stuff you do or the bad stuff you do. It's not talking about on that level at all. It's talking about the, 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 the first definition for sin is to be without a portion. So Christians that are living without their, post, their portion are not Christians that can give a testimony to bring people in. They're still looking for stuff instead of being filled with his presence with his word, with his spirit. There is a river, the streams that make glad the, the city of God. So God has preordained steps that we should walk in so that we can have preordained results. Preordained steps equal preordained results. If you want to get Bible results, do what the Bible says, preordained. Uh, we should stop. We should just get out of the business of trying to write our own script. In particularly, when the script that's already written is perfect. Let's just walk it out his way. He said, I have no greater joy than to know that my children walk in truth or walk according to the script that's already given to them. Amen. Okay. He, he, he's always provided everything that his man would need. Already provided it. Turn to Genesis chapter 2. Let's look at some things. Going back to Adam, because I, I, I love to participate in the law of first mention. Okay? If you see it in the scripture, the first time you see it, it now becomes the law of first mention. He put that in there so that you can see how the law works. It hasn't changed, beloved. That which he has commanded from the beginning is still active today. It's still relevant today. 
That's why I can't figure out how anyone would think that the Bible is irrelevant, that it don't deal with the things that we're dealing with today. Yes, it does, 100%. The Bible says things like this for you. James says, there is no temptation. Corinthians, sorry, says verse 10, 13, 10. says, there is no, 10, 13. There is no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able, and will, with the temptation, make a way of escape that you might be able to bear it. So the word was there first. Just because you couldn't find an understanding, and that would simply be because the fellowship that God is looking for, you didn't want to participate in. You know, I, I, I get it. I see how that happened. I don't like it, but I see God is wanting you, inviting you to come into his presence. And you'd rather stand out there in the field fighting instead of enjoying what God has created you for. Because he's given you all things richly to enjoy. God set it up that way. The law of first mention. Genesis chapter 2, uh, verse 8 to 15. Genesis chapter 2, verses 8 to 15. And I'm hoping that you're turning there in your Bibles. I don't want you, I, I don't ever want to use this time as one where I'm just making up things, pulling out stuff out of, out of context. I'd like for you to be able to read it with me so that the word can be confirmed, confirmed in the mouth of two or three witnesses. You'll hear me saying it and your eyes are reading it. Okay? I'm not going to try to slip something in there just so I can have it, uh, 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 people to feel good about what I said. I'm trying to make you enjoy good, not trying to make you feel good. Amen. Because when you are enjoying good, the good has to come from God. I tell people all the time, you cannot get to good without going through God. Three quarters of the word good is God. G-O-D comes and you say, I I can now add nothing to G-O-D, and he can be G-O-O-D to me. That's the only thing I should add to the word of God. Nothing. Good started with God. Good requires God. I can't get to good on my own. Come on, y'all. I had to add nothing to God. Then the good that I'm looking for, G-O-O-D. Add nothing, and God is still God. And then he'll be good to me. In Genesis chapter 2, this is giving us the, the account of what happened in the garden with Adam. Okay? Says, and verse 8 says, And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed. I just wanted to remind you of this. Notice that some de- direction, some, some actual directions are here. He said, The Lord planted a garden eastward in Eden. So this garden was not consuming the whole place, it was only eastward. So then if you could say there were three quarters of the place that God wanted him to be that hadn't even been discovered yet, okay? And that's what God is doing for us. He puts us in a place where we can find out what he wants to do with the rest. But if you're not faithful over the little, you're not going to be faithful over the much. That's a scriptural principle. And we have people that are in here trying to just 
cord up rather than find out what God wants you to do with the provision that he's given you. The Lord God planted the garden eastward in Eden and put, there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made to grow every tree that was pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And here we go. We're talking about rivers, streams, and your supply. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden. And from thence it was parted into four and became into four heads. The name of the first is Python. And it says that it was around, it compassed or around the whole land of Havilah. And it says what he put in this place of provision was gold. This river had gold. And the gold of that land was good. And there was Bedelum there and the onyx stone, three sources of supply for the man where he planted the man. Okay? So your need is already taken care of. See? This is the law of first mention. He said, and the law of the second river is Gihon, the same compass of the whole land of Ethiopia. And the name of the third was Hedekal, and that which goes toward the east of Assyria. Now, did you get direction here again? Notice he, he never brought Assyria into play before, had he? But there's a river that goes towards the east from Eden. Towards, it's from the east of Assyria. And then the fourth was the river Euphrates. And the man, the Lord took the man and put him into the garden. The Lord took the man and put him in the garden. The Lord took the man and put him in the garden. See, he put the man in his provision. That's what I want you to see there. The Lord put the man in his provision. So you say, I don't, I don't see what to do here. Well, you should, first of all, get to the place where you understand that God's not a respect of persons. So wherever you are, he put you, or your provision there with you. Just because you don't know how to get out of it, that doesn't mean your provision wasn't there. Have you ever been in a situation where you look around and say, oh, I didn't know that was there. Yeah. That's the, the goodness of God leading you into the place where you can then see your provision. And he told the man, dress it, keep it. Okay? So I'll think about this. Um, th that tells me that if he put you there, you should learn how to dress it or make it look appropriate. You should learn how to maintain it, even if it's in disarray. If you would learn what God is saying, hear what the Spirit of the Lord would do, then he will cause you to be able to dress it and keep it. Amen. Go back to the law of first mention. If God did this for Adam, he's been required to do it for you because he's not a respected person. Okay? So I just want you to, to, to get that. I'm going to tell you what the definition of those rivers, the names of those rivers. The first one, Tizon means increase, abundant supply, because it was gold and precious stones there. Okay? Good gold, it said, didn't it? Okay? Gaihan, the definition of the Gaihan is bursting forth. That which moves from the, your position, out of your position, and goes outward. See? So then the place that you're in, did he not tell Joshua that every place that the soles of your feet shall tread, I've given it to you. Every place 
that your feet trod, Josh, will become a land that flows with the milk and the honey. It'll be a bursting forth. Why? Because I will not put you in a place that I did not put your supply. God, Paul said, my God shall supply what? All my need. So God will not put me in a place that does not have my supply. My job is to seek him. Because if I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, what will happen? All the things that I need would be added to me from that place where he put me. Okay? I mean, we, we should not be living uh, lives uh, that, 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 that under a drought condition. Amen. We should not be living lives under a drought condition at any time. Because there is a river and the streams thereof make glad the city of God. God put the man in the place and said, here's a river. And then the river divided into four separate rivers. More ways than you can think of. If you go into the east, to the north, the south, or the west, there is a provision that's there for you out of the river that God ordained to be in your life. He's promised that, y'all. See? We get to see that uh, in the physical, even with Adam's life, because he put him in the garden, and here come four streams, four rivers, I'll even say it there. He put Adam in the place of four rivers. We've messed things up so bad that we only even think about a stream. We only looking for the small. I mean, come on. When Adam was put there, Adam was put in a place where rivers converged. Come on. See, but God is responsible for the river. We're responsible for the maintenance of it. That's why I said we should not have drought times in our lives. So the names again, Tyson, increase, Gihon, bursting forth, bursting forth. A bursting forth gives me the understanding that it's probably uncontainable. That's why it is bursting forth. Amen? See, God's not interested in the trickle, beloved. The name of the third was Hadikio, which is rapid motion. Wow. Rapid motion. Innovation. Hmm. See, there are dreams and, and ideas that God's going to release to your life. And those ideas have a quick resolve, rapidly moving. See? You have a life that is that's put there in a place where God is wanting you to to be able to uh, enjoy the good. See, enjoy the good, not have to look for the good all hard. He said it's going to be bursting forth, hmm. rapid motion, invitations into that which is beyond or towards. In Him we live. In him we move. In him we have our being. That which is beyond. And a Euphrates means fruitfulness. The promise of good and the power to overcome. 
Whatever the devil can send uh, into your life, you have the power to overcome because fruitfulness is, is, is connected to you. All right, I'll do it this way. Uh, Jesus said, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. That math, if you would, would be subtraction. Is that correct? That's what he's doing. He's stealing, taking away from. That is subtraction. At the root cause, that is subtraction. But then we hear in Second uh, Peter chapter 1, he says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you. Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The devil is using subtraction, and God is using multiplication. Just because you know it's true, which one arrives at the answer faster, subtraction or multiplication? Amen. I can add one and one is two, or I can multiply two times two. Glory to God. I'm not adding anymore. I'm multiplying. See? And if you would continue to go to the place where this increase, bursting forth, rapid motion and fruitfulness is, then no matter what the devil does, you overcome the evil with the good. See? The devil can never stop the flow of God if you don't agree with the devil. See? You're the one that, 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 that begins to minimize your God in your thinking. And we'll say, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. You don't have to know what you're going to do. The only thing you need to do is know your God because they that know their God, they will be strong. They will do exploits. See? That was in Daniel chapter 11, verse 32. It said those that know their God. It didn't say that those that know their skill. Those that know their God, they will be strong and they will do great things, exploit. Hallelujah. See? So there are four rivers that God wanted you to be able to, there you go, that God wanted you to be able to participate in. So if your attack is coming from the east, then, beloved, start understanding what's coming from the west. If it's, and if you stop and think about it, you'll also find things coming from the south and from the north. Why am I going to spend all of my time trying to figure out what the devil's doing? Come on now. He's working in one area. And notice he can only work in one area at a time. He can only work. He is not omnipresent. He can only walk and work in one area at a time. So then I've got three other areas that will overcome every obstacle that the devil would ever set in front of me. I mean, God just gave you a three-to-one advantage. It's throughout Scripture. He's gave you his word, his spirit, his love. That's a threefold uh, uh, cord. He gave you a three-times advantage. The devil can only come at you one way, and he can only try to subtract because he's looking for those. He's seeking those that he can devour. That tells me he can't devour everybody. He's just seeking for the ones that say, oh, man, this thing will never work out. He's seeking for that one. He can devour that one. But if you will be trained to say, wait a minute, wait a minute, These, this river that started the thing went into four heads. So if he's attacking me over here, I need to look at the other three options that he's already made available. You've been made, again, more than a conqueror. 
a conqueror, maybe, could be one that fights to win in one area. But God has graced you so that you can win in every area. When you start paying attention to what God is doing, you minimize what the devil could do. I'll say that again. When you start paying attention to what God is doing, you will minimize what the devil can do. I didn't even got to fight with it. Did not Paul say that grace is sufficient? He didn't say grace is insufficient. He said it's sufficient. What does that mean? That I can count on God to take care of everything that I need, even though I can't see the end of what the devil's doing over here in one area. One area. Even when the devil was um, given permission, if you would, and threw everything he could throw at Job, yet Job remained faithful in his understanding of the God that is faithful. Says God, God said uh, that uh, Job did not... Uh, Sin in his heart, and neither did he charge God foolishly with his mouth. He didn't say, and it's, everybody's trying to get Job to say, man, why don't you just curse God and die? And Job said, nope, can't do that, because God has more than I will ever need. All I need to do is concentrate on what he is doing instead of what the devil is doing. See? And you know something, I hadn't thought about that, but we'll do it this way. Because the devil is is so connected to pride and egotistic things. If you start ignoring him, he's going to leave. Amen. He likes to get the whole thing that got him kicked out of heaven is he wanted to get praise. He wanted to be talked about, if you would. See? So then if you spend your time talking about the goodness of the Lord, then this thing, first of all, scripturally, he says that when you praise, God will stop the avenger and the, uh, the adversary. He'll stop it. If you would praise, out of the mouth of bays and sucklings, Psalms 8. See? Because praise will stop him. It'll steal him. I'm looking at what God is doing, what God is preparing, what God is saying. I ain't got time to play with you. And when you ignore him that way, I don't mean when you just act like he's not doing nothing. That's not ignoring him. God wants you to magnify him. Because if you magnify him, even in the time of trouble, then he will take care and resolve the issue because he comes on the scene. The Bible says he lives in, he inhabits the praises of his people. He lives there. Glory to God. And so as the devil sees you fellowshipping with God and not trying to deal with all his mess, then he'll go on and leave it alone. Why? Because it didn't move you. See? A couple of, I remember R.W. Schambach, I think was the one that said that, 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 uh, he was sleep. It was either him or Smith Wigglesworth. I think it was Smith. He he woke up and he saw a demon in the corner, and then he turned over and said, "Oh, it's you." Turned over, went back to sleep. He wasn't even impressed because God promised He'll take care of him. So the man woke up and saw demonic activity and wasn't even worried about it. Why? Because I have confidence that everything He said, He's able to perform. I'm fully persuaded about that. So the, the devil's just trying to check the oil and see if you meant what you said. 
see? And so, yes, I read it. I believe it. That's what it's going to be. So you attacking me over here. Good. I'm going to look over here. And then God will give you a word. Here's the best part about this scenario, beloved. When you start um, hanging out with God, God will then tell you. He'll go real far. He'll start telling you the attacks that the devil's fitting to do. Amen. If you would just abide in him, live there. I don't have to be concerned with what the devil is threatening me with. First of all, first of all, Jesus said, the devil is the father of lies. So when he opens his mouth, you know what he's doing. He's lying. And he's trying to give you seed that would cause your life to be messed up. Because by your words are you justified, by your words are you condemned. So when you start agreeing with the devil and saying the oh woe is me lines, then the devil says, good, I can keep them from the blessing of the Lord. See? But when I meditate on the goodness of God and not even deal with the, the, the stupid stuff, he's trying, he's stealing, he's subtracting, and God's multiplying. I'll just stay, pay attention to the one that's multiplying. And God said he wanted to multiply you a thousand times. Come on. I'm just quoting scripture, y'all. So here the devil is working on one thing, and God said he wants to multiply me a thousand times. Yes, we should pay attention to the small details. Got that. No problem with that. But see, when I make the small thing a big thing because it seems to be the only thing on my mind, I've missed the three other places of provision that God already set me in. Four rivers that was available to me. Python, Gihon, Hedekel, and uh, Euphrates. Increase, bursting forth, rapid motion, and fruitfulness. I mean, that's just real, y'all. We've got to get that. See, the problem is that, 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 that we're looking in the wrong place for the wrong things. Amen. We're looking in the wrong place for the wrong things. Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1. Brother, I, hope, I hope you're taking good notes and, 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 and receiving because these are principles that were already in your Bible. I did not sneak over to your house and put that in there today. <laughs> See, that's why I ask you to turn to the scripture and read it with me so that you can enjoy the revelation that just simply comes out of the word. It was already there. Psalms 1. It says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor seated in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. I mean, look at this, y'all. He's trying to describe to us the man that is blessed. The man that is blessed does not walk contrary to God. And the people that sometimes we invite into our life as, as, as people that will give us uh, 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 some comfort, 
I don't even look for comfort in man anymore. Uh, the Holy Spirit is my comforter. But if we look for comfort, the people are going to then give you instructions that can also cause you to walk the way they walk, the way they understand. I'm not mad because I'm not mad because they saw it that way. But what's next? See, God is going to bring you into greater. So he's going to have to then teach you and train you into abundance. The, the revelations that are necessary, that's abundance. So that you can see what the devil's trying to do because of the abundance of the grace that God has given to you. This is how Paul began to live his life. Paul, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul said, boy, I tried to talk to God three times about this trouble I was having. And every time I talked to God, God would say, my grace is sufficient for you. It's evident Paul didn't get it the first two times because he asked the Lord three times. But finally he said, wait a minute, whoa, whoa, whoa. I heard what you're saying. <clears throat> you're saying that which I already have is more than enough to deal with that which is coming at me. That which I already have is enough to deal with that which is coming at me. God will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able. He didn't say which you will be able. That which you have is enough to win every time, being more than a conqueror. See? And then when you begin to look at what God is doing rather than what the devil is trying to do, because when he's speaking, he's lying. He's saying stuff that he cannot make come to pass. It is a vain imagination. See? And we think that, well, but this is what happened to my, uh, my grandmama and my mama, and now it's happening to me. Though what you have is more than enough. You are more than a conqueror. See? You know, the Bible says that God has, Jesus made, raised us up and made us sit together with him in Christ Jesus. Far above all principalities, power, dominion, might, never name that his name. So then why am I operating as if I'm underneath the challenges? He made me not just sit above them. He made me sit far above them. So that I, I would probably do good to go to, go and sit at the table that God has prepared for me. He said he prepared that table when? In the very presence of your enemies. So if I've been seated together, since I've been seated together in heavenly places, I need to just go on and do, do what John, the apostle, did. He was leaning on Jesus' breast, talking to him. He was in close proximity, and he was talking to Jesus about situations. <clears throat> See, we need to do that. Commit with him so that the challenge, I ain't got to bring that to God. God already knew what I had need of before I asked. See? So then why am I acting and thinking like God don't know? So I'm going to spend all my time in prayer telling God what I think he don't know. Hmm. As opposed to just worshiping him. And then looking at the other three places of supply that he's already given me. What I have is more than enough. I need to find out then, okay, this is what I have. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm giving you scripture and, and, and a bunch of examples so that we can enjoy things. When um, Moses was learning about God 
and he was sitting there fussing and complaining about uh, what was happening, God asked him a question, saying, what's that in your hand? He didn't say, go and dig up something, create something, chop a tree down. He said, what's that in your hand? What do you have already, eh, Moses? What do you have already? And he said, now, I'll use what you have because what you have is more than enough. I hope you see what I'm saying. See, the blessed man is not the man that walks in the counsel of the ungodly. Hearing stuff that, you know, God ain't going to come through for you. I'm not walking in that. That's the counsel of the ungodly. Just because God didn't come through for you does not mean he's not going to come through for me. I have a blood covenant. He's going to come through for me. He's promised that he would never leave me. He would never forsake me. Therefore, my conversation is bold. I will not fear what man can do unto me. Okay? Why? Because I'm walking in the wisdom of God. First Corinthians uh, chapter 1 says that Jesus was made unto us wisdom, righteousness, and sanctification. Wait a minute, y'all. If Jesus has been made unto us wisdom and righteousness, then I don't have nothing else that I need. Wisdom tells me what to do. The wisdom is the wise use of knowledge. He's been made unto me the wise use of knowledge. You already know it. So begin to learn how to apply it, how to use it. That's why he was telling Peter. He said, I, 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 who do men say that I am? Who do you say that I am? He says, now, Peter, the Father has revealed this unto you, and upon this rock of revelation, I'm going to build my church, and I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom. I'm going to show you how to use the keys. Peter, glory to God. See, he already, come on, come on, come on. Okay, just so we get it now, just so we get it. it as God is no respect to person, then if he gave the keys to Peter, he has to give the keys to me. Amen. Now, I'm a locksmith, and I know that when I first got a, um, a set of keys from the church I was working at, it was heavy and it was a bunch of keys. They were out of order. I mean, it was like 18, 19 keys, okay? And so then I, I, my wife didn't even like to hear me come home because I'm going to put them keys on the, on the nightstand, and it just makes a lot of noise with that many keys. And so then God had showed me some things that I can do, I went to all of the locks there, and I began to re-key them and put them on a master key. Why? Because I understood from God how to make my my life easier. See? I'd have to look and say, what key go to this door? What key go to that door? This master key will open every door. Even though Jesus has given you the keys, the challenge might be you don't know what to do with them. Which door does that open? See? So then you begin to, to learn, and he'll show you, and he'll give you the master key also so that you can unlock whatever's necessary for the flow of your life. See, God supplies the river. We have to take care of maintain the flow. So when something's blocked up, Talk to him, and he'll give you the key that will unlock that flow again. Amen. 
See, brother, I will not have you to be ignorant about spiritual things. So since I won't have you to be ignorant, I'm going to show you, teach you, train you how to use the key of binding and loosing, how to use the key of, of investigation, studying to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that's not ashamed. He didn't say study to find out how to get the money. Amen. He said study to show yourself approved unto God, someone that's working with the information that he gives you, someone that's working with the inspiration that he gives you. Because information without inspiration is going to cause frustration, desperation, and uh, um, uh, frustration, desperation, and sweat. Frustration, desperation, and sweat. Perpetration. See? If you got the keys and he's given them to us and you don't know how to use them, that's why you go on his breast and talk to him about it. You do what John did. See? You talk to him and say, so, Lord, what would you have me to do now? First of all, you should enter into his praise and gates with thanksgiving. Amen. See, I enter into the courts of heaven with a demand. Thank you, Lord, that you are the one that's going to lead me out of my shadow, of the valley of the shadow of death. You're going to lead me out of it because that's what your promise says. Thank you, Lord, that you're going to speak to me and give me revelation into the things that you would have me to do. Thank you, Lord, that every uh, word of God is already settled in the heavens. So I'm operating from a position where victory has already been granted unto me. I'm not trying to find the victory. I'm standing in the place of victory. You put me in a garden and had all of my provision there in the garden. And so I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for the uh, ability that you have uh, shown to keep me out of things that I was, I was doing to my own demise, but you protected me from that. You redeemed me from that. Thank you, my God. Since I am a, a worshiper of you and you're looking for one to worship, Father, I'm just going to do that and ask you to go ahead and infuse me with your spirit, with wisdom from on high. Thank you, sir. I haven't brought up my issue one time, but I have secured my answer. Amen. That will always secure the answer. When you talk to God who does not want you to be ignorant, he will give you the answer. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners. See, the first time we saw the man, the man was walking. He had to be uh, confused and then began to walk backwards, but we, he was moving. The second time we run into the man, the man ain't even walking. He's standing. He's joining the people that are frustrated with their life and don't believe that the answer is in God, don't believe the answers of the word. He's just standing there. The next time we see the man, the man is sitting down on the job and scornful now. That's not the blessed man. The blessed man is the man that delights in the law of the Lord. And he meditates in that law day and night. This man, it didn't say this man made demands on the law. It said this man meditated in the law. Oh, as he told Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. For then... If you meditate day and night in the word, you will make your way prosperous. You will find or have the success. 
Because the answer is in the word, period. Don't care how it works. It's in the word. Can't change that. God's put it there. And notice what he did. Wow, sir, that's good. He put it there so that the meditation on the word will bring the revelation. And the Jesus said about the revelation, since the gates of hell can't stop it, they will not prevail against the revelation. That's why you ain't got to worry about what the devil's doing because I'm meditating in the answer day and night. And the more you do that, then you'll avail yourself to uh, what happens and what he says in um, – <laughs> Yeah, let's go on there. I'm, I'm running out of time. <laughs> but we can go there. John 14, 26, 15, 26, 16, 13. That's John, St. John, 14, 26, 15, 26, 16, 13, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Okay? Because when I, when I stay in and, and do these things on purpose, I begin to place my heart in the position of worship and praise, not in the position of demand. I'm learning how to activate the presence of God in my heart. I'm learning to activate that. Okay? Hold your finger there. Hold your finger there. One more thing I just want to say. Yeah, go to John 7 first. We're coming right back to John 14. But I want to show you this in uh, John chapter 7. Okay? 35 through 37. 37 to 39, I'm sorry. John chapter 7, verse 37 to 39. Jesus began to make these things known to us. It says in 37, in the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spake of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost is not yet given, because Jesus is not glorified. Listen at that again. Jesus said, if you came to that great, notable day of the feast, there were uh, practices that they were doing to remind themselves that the water of life was coming. And Jesus said, I want to give you all a, a better understanding of that scripture. He said, if any man thirsts, stop doing these religious things. Come unto me and drink. Okay? That's what. That's why he did it there, because the people had 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 become detached from the uh, relationship to God and was living in the religious acts that they had heard about the relationships with God. Okay, so Jesus is now opening it up again. He said, "If any man is thirsty, come let him drink. Come unto me and drink. And he that believeth on me." As verified in the scripture, this is what the scripture said, out of his bellies shall flow rivers of living water. Wow. God is no longer wanting us to be the blessed man that was planted by the rivers of water. He wants the rivers of water to now come out of us, 
out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spake of the Spirit, which they that believed on him should receive. So he says, this is the way it works, y'all. It's going to be the Spirit that's going to cause you to be able to get this drink, this refreshing. And if you believe on me, you should receive. Okay? Then go to John 14. Verse 26 says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. All right. These are the tenets, of, if you will, of the job description of the Holy Ghost. That's what I'm giving you right now. You can put that over uh, the top of your notes here and just say, Holy Ghost job description. This is what he has already been sent to do. Okay. I don't have to ask him, can he do it? This is his job description, what he is assigned to do by Scripture. Let's read it together. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall, number one, teach you all things. Wait a minute. How many things did he say the Holy Ghost is going to teach you? He said all things. Okay. So then I should not try to get my learning from another source if the Holy Ghost said his job is to teach me all things. Yes, we have to become sensitive for that to work. I get it. But it's still a promise, isn't it? I'm, I've seen this work in my life in physical things. Um, a sister uh, that I was working with that locked, locked their keys in the car. And so... Um, she was trying to get in the car, and it was time to go home, and she couldn't get in the car. And so I just began to pray in the Holy Ghost, pray with other tongues, because I believe that he said if he was going to teach me all things, he's going to show me what I got to do with this thing. So I began to pray. She had on her car um, the, the code that would assist her to lock and unlock the car and the trunk from the side panel on the door. And so I'm just praying and just said, Lord, you, you, you said you're going to teach me all things. Give me what's the, uh, the truth about this thing here. I'm praying, and I heard the numbers, and I pushed the numbers in according to the and I heard this. Okay, that wasn't the door unlocking yet. That was the sign that says, okay, now what do you want me to do? I am waiting for a command from you because you have got the code that was necessary to tell me what to do. What is it? And so then I knew that if I push a, a certain sequence, I did, that the door would open. Okay? You push another sequence, all the doors would open. Push another sequence, the trunk would open because I had one of these same locks on my door. Okay? And so I did that. I'm praying, and I said, one, two, three, four, five. I heard the truck. I said, okay, boom, we got into her car. The Holy Ghost taught me that thing. He says that's his first one is to teach you all things. I like the word all because the word all means all, and that's all it means. So I, 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 I let, let the Holy Ghost teach me all things, and he will bring to your remembrance whatever I've said unto you. So the Holy Ghost is going to also bring things to your remembrance that he, Jesus and you had talked about. 
Amen. So if I'm not spending any time with Jesus, the Holy Ghost doesn't have much to work with, does it? Because he's going to bring to your remembrance what Jesus said, 1526. Just to make sure that we talk about the same person. But when the comforter has come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the what? The spirit of truth. Not just truth. Jesus said he will, he's been called the spirit of truth, which proceeded from the Father. He shall testify of me. 16, 13 to 15. First one is to bring to your remembrance, teach you all things, bring to your remembrance. Okay? Now we're going to find two more right here in 16, um, 13. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, has come. So we now know that the spirit of truth is also the Holy Ghost. That's why I took you to 16, um, uh, 15, 26. Okay? It says, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will, next point, next tenant in his job description, he will guide you into all truth. All truth. That's why I was so happy when I was standing there thinking this, knowing that that car is going to be open because the Holy Ghost is going to guide me into the truth about this locking system. See? He's going to give me that. That's part of the package, if you would. He said, he will guide you into all truth. Now, the, 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 the way that's written helps me to understand that I'm going to have to maneuver around some things in order to get to all the truth about the thing. It's not just going to jump up. He's going to have to guide me. Is that correct? So that means I'm going to have some participation in this. I'm going to have to be willing to follow him. If I stop following him, his guidance no longer is available for me. Okay? He will guide you into all the truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. So that tells me something else. It says whatever he hears, that's what he's going to speak. So then the Holy Ghost wants to talk to me about stuff that's right now, not stuff that's always in the past. That which he hears, okay? Not that which he's heard, that which he hears. That's an active tense, isn't it? See? So whatever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And then with that information, he will, job description number four, show you things to come. There's a river, the streams thereof. Make glad the cities of God. See? So he can find you in a place that you need to have deliverance, that you need to have joy restored. Well, the Holy Ghost's job is to lead you into the truth, bring to your remembrance what Jesus has said, teach you all things, and then show you what's to come. Okay? Fivefold ministry of the Holy Ghost is ending in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Okay, John 14, 26, 15, 26, 16, 13, and Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So he's going to bring to your remembrance what Jesus said, teach you all things, guide you into the truth, show you things to come, and give you power. 
That's what he wants us to participate in. So that if I'm murmuring and complaining at any time about anything, then I am depleting myself from the advantage of power in my life. See? And that's what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to be led by hurts and pain. I'll ask everyone about this. If you are living in your past, what did you just do with your future? You threw it away. Why? Because you're living in your past. You're not having any thoughts about your future. You're living in, consumed by your past. And here the Holy Ghost, when he's come, he wants to show you things to come. And all you have in your mindset is to deal with the things of the past. Might not be the best use of your time. Why not begin to worship him and then let him show you things to come so that you would not have to be troubled about whatever you're standing in right now? I'll just ask you this question. I'll ask you this way. When you know your birthday is coming up, no matter how bad the year was uh, to the day you talk thinking about it, because you know your birthday is coming up, your whole composition changes, doesn't it? Because you're thinking about the things to come. You're not thinking about what I didn't get. You're thinking about the things to come. Same way it is with every child. Come on now. Every child on Christmas Eve, they ain't thinking about what did happen yesterday. They're thinking about the things to come, the expectation that comes from relationship. Can't hardly sleep. Can't go to sleep. Can't hardly sleep. Waking up early. Why? Because of the things that were revealed to you that should come. You might have known that you were getting this certain thing, but it's not yours yet. You're waiting for the time when that thing now is yours. See? So you're not all frustrated. You are living the life of hope and expectation. See? That's where he's trying to get you to, because if you're going to continue to to be mad or frustrated about this and or that, then you can't worship God in spirit and in truth, because you're practicing control and manipulation, demanding from God this, that, or the other. See? When you understand that God's covenant with you is to take you from where you were to where you are called, but we spend a bunch of time trying to tell God where we're at, not understanding that he called you unto peace. He called you unto victory. And we have spent a lot of time talking about the things that look like defeat, comparing ourselves with ourselves and among ourselves. Well, they got this, okay, then you need to settle yourself before God. Be the blessed man, the one that does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, the one that does not sit in the seat of the scornful. The one does not stand in the way of sinners. See? Don't allow the devil to, to, to sell you a bill of goods that he's lying about. Because if he's talking, he's lying. See? And if we would understand that, believe that, understand the fact of the truth that Jesus said he's a liar from the beginning. He's the father of lies. So don't let him try to take your thinking and then impregnate your thinking with his lie. He's the father of lies. 
That means that there must be a seed, a place of fertilization that he's looking for. And if you're going to uh, say, yeah, that's right, so-and-so did, uh-huh, there you go. You now you're going to have to have that lie baby, okay? And we don't need no lie babies. We need truth babies. Amen. Okay? So we shouldn't continue to, to, to play with the, 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 the devil in his playground. Here, God has given the man a garden that was one-fourth of the glory that the man was going to enjoy because the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof, the world is all that dwell therein. But he only put you in this particular sliver of it. That's why when he told Abraham, he said, Abraham, come out of your tent, look up, and see if you can tell the number of the stars, if you can number them. He says, so shall your seed be. He tried to get him to look at things that were promised so that he would have expectation about that which God promised. Because God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he not said it? Shall he not make it good? Say, we've got to know that. Has he not spoken it? Shall he not bring it to pass? And Abraham had to get to the place where he was fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. He, we don't need to spend time uh, arguing with ourselves, arguing with other people about what we think I can and cannot do. Take that out of your purview. Only say, you know what, God, Holy Spirit's job is to bring to my remembrance what Jesus said. Teach me all things. Show me things to come. Give me the power so that I can then enjoy what you stated as truth in my life. See? I'm not going to think that, that, that you're just giving me a, a, a pat on the back when it wasn't truth. Truth is established by God. Truth is confirmed by God. See, because Jesus, when he came here, the Bible says he was full of two things. He was full of grace and he was full of truth. If I were to cut one of the fingers of Jesus off, the only thing that could come out of that finger would be grace and truth. So then when I begin to allow myself to have the confidence that what he has said is what he's going to bring to pass, I'm not going to be too anxious to find out what the devil's doing. I won't care. Because I'm concentrating on the supply that's in front of my life, promise for my life. That he said, there are four rivers that's in front of me. One river, might have, I might have blocked it up. I might have stopped the stream because I was mad at so-and-so. I might have stopped the stream because I didn't choose to, to do the right thing. That's okay. God has three other rivers that are flowing. A river of increase. A river of breaking forth. A river of rapid motion a river of fruitfulness so that I will always win. I will always enjoy good at his hand. Your way or God's way? God's waiting on you today. Father, we just thank you for your word that encourages us, your word that causes us to have our, our, our hearts lifted up 
so that we can hear from you, that you would show us what's promised to us by your word. Teach us how to walk and wait on that word. Show us how we should be able to stand to protect that word. Father, we want to do what's pleasing in your sight so that you can increase us in the position of our heart, in the understanding of our mind, so that we can walk worthy of our vocation. Thank you, Father. That's what you want to do. That's what you promised to do. And that's what you will do as we allow you. We give you praise for that, sir. We give you glory and honor. In the master's name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who is Lord and Savior. And the redeemed the Lord said together, amen. Glory to God. Well, again, I always give you the opportunity. If you have any questions or comments about the ministry, um, you'll be able to uh, give those comments or those questions. Area code 312-330-0424. You have the mic. Any comments or questions about the ministry tonight? Area code 312-330-04024. You have the mic. Any questions or comments? Amen. Area code area code seven seven three eight nine five nine one five three. You have the mic. Any questions or comments about the ministry? Area code seven seven three eight nine five nine one five three. Yeah. Hey, amen. Hey, Granddad, that was a great sermon. Thank you. I, amen. Thank you. I, I I love to see people on the call that I know. And I'm connected to. I, I, I'm, I'm glad for multiple reasons, but one is that is that I can impart things to you that will help your life wherever you are, because God is interested in you uh, enjoying the good. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to that knowledge of the truth, so they can enjoy it. If no greater joy than know His children walk in truth. Glad to have you on the call again today. Amen. Area code four four. Five three six seven eight two nine. <laughs> you have the mic. Here you go. Four four five three six seven eight two nine. Yes, I just enjoyed the ministry, and um, I just loved everything about it, and just taking notes and not allowing the devil to lie to me. So I, I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a liar. I don't know why we fellowship with him more than fellowship with God. Because he, I know, he brings things. Better. We're getting better. He brings things uh, to our understanding to try to ensnare us, to keep us in the place where he can control. That's basically mm, yeah. what he's been doing all the time. So, you know, I just say, we should just say, okay, God, I saw that, but I'm going to believe mm-hmm. you. It's better yes, to do it amen. that way. Hey, amen. amen. Thank you for being on the call. Again, um, it, 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 we're here to, to be a blessing to you so that you can look at things from a heavenly perspective, and then win because of information and inspiration that comes from the Word. That's just what we're here for. So if the message has been a blessing to you, we'd like for you to just go ahead and go to the uh, website and uh, find the Donate tab, and whatever God tells you, uh, lays on your heart for you to sow into this ministry, uh, we would definitely appreciate it uh, because we're wanting uh, God's flow to go to your life. If you have received 
of our carnal things, the Bible says, of our spiritual things, the Bible says it should be no big thing for you then to give of your, of your carnal things. Given it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed out, shaken together, and running over. God is just so good. We thank you for being here on the uh, on the broadcast again tonight. Eric O three one two, are you back with us? Three three O four zero two four. Okay. Just want to make sure I saw the uh, I saw some activity on the uh, on 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 screen. So until uh, next Monday and next Monday, uh, remember you can tell all your friends uh, how they can listen to participate in the broadcast. Just go to LiveDeliverance.com or use the number um, that you have, um, and you can um, participate. Um, and, and I would recommend to people go back and, and listen at the ministries um, once again because faith does come by hearing and hearing, okay? So it's not a having heard one time. It's hearing and hearing. And so then that's what we've got. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Wow. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Until the next Monday, love y'all. Be blessed.